Welcome to this episode of Profess Hers, a podcast about movies, music, history, pop culture, current events, and literature, all discussed through the perspective of women's issues and feminism. I'm Allegra, and I have never used a recipe from the internet, but I have made many scrapbooks. And I'm Misty. I can't cook, but I can bake. I actually made Allegra her birthday cake last year. She did, and it was beautifully decorated as well. See, I have skills. She does. (laughs) So if you can't tell, what are we talking about today, Allegra? We're talking about, uh, what do we call it? Lifestyle leading ladies. Because we like alliteration. We do. That's a literary device. Uh, So three women who we think are the leading ladies of lifestyle TV. Yeah, and the old way to say this, especially maybe in the 80s, was domestic goddess. Oh, yeah, that was a very popular phrase. Allegra, are you a domestic goddess? (laughs) Not at all. No, no. That actually went on for like 10 minutes. We had to cut part of it. Yeah. It was that, just that her was laughing just solid laughing. for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I really wouldn't say that I am either, but I admire some of what these ladies do. Oh, yeah. It's great. Uh, and as we're going to talk about today, all three of them had some positive impact. They're not necessarily wholly positive, but they've all had some great positive impact. And I definitely admire their cooking skills at least two of them have astounding cooking skills and one of them knows how to order food and get it to her (laughs) i mean in all of them so should we go ahead and just say who we're talking about yeah i mean why keep people in suspense any longer all right so today we are discussing three ladies who have made domestic service in activities famous through their television careers so julia child Martha Stewart and Oprah. Oprah. So, Misty, which person are you most excited oh, I am to discuss? So pumped to talk about Julia Child. She is. I think I've been telling everybody in my life about Julia Child for about a week. I'm looking at the script, and I'll be honest, we're going way back in time here. Yay, history! Uh, I don't know about that. There's a lot. I might have to cut you off at some point. And just <laughs> but it's be like, so interesting. That's enough of that. But I think Julia Child, first of all. Number one, let's just be clear. It's Julia Child, yes. right? No yes. S on the end. No, Julia Child. I don't know where, but maybe it's just people I know. I just hear her called Julia Childs all the time. Oh, that's interesting. No. You've heard that? Mm-mm. Okay. So Julia Child. Yes. Because now I'm being possessive. <laughs> her life is probably the least... Least well-known. Least well-known. I mean, everybody knows Oprah's story because she's been uh, very upfront discussing it and talks about it a lot. And she's, of course, you know wildly famous uh martha stewart's background less famous but you know she's still very prominent so i don't know very much about julia oh you're about to know so much i'm about to know and i hope you're excited too much (laughs) so we're gonna play a clip first right yes let's start with the clip we want to start because this really gives you a flavor see that flavor no for julia child's personality okay let me see if that is flippable Oh, well, I'm going to try it anyway. When you flip anything, you really, you just have to have the courage of your convictions, particularly if it's sort of a loose mass like this. Well, that didn't go very well. See, when I flipped it, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to do it the way I should have. But you can always pick it up and if you're alone in the kitchen, who is going to see? But the only way you learn how to flip things is just to flip them. 
So I love that because I think Julie Child is all about courage, the courage of her convictions. Yeah, and I like the th- when she says the only way to really learn how to flip things is to just flip them. And I'm always afraid of flipping things in the kitchen, but she's right. The only way to do it is to just do to it. do it. Yeah. And the other thing that's really famous about that clip is she says, "If you're the only one in the kitchen, just put it back in. Nobody's <laughs> gonna notice. But nobody's gonna see." And yeah, that's true. Yeah. And she does. She scoops stuff up right off the stove and puts it back in the pan. It's great. So Julia Child was born Julia McWilliams in 1912 in Pasadena, California. She is born to a fairly well-off family. Why did I think she was French? Well, we're getting there. Okay. Hold hold that thought. Got it. So she has a lot of privileges in her early life. She goes to a private school. She um, learns to speak French. She is very involved in athletics. But the problem for her is that she grows up and she is six foot two. Oh my. Yeah, she's a tall lady. That is a very tall lady. Very tall lady. I do have several cousins that tall. Yes. They, but they all play basketball. They weren't professional She chefs. actually was the captain of her high school basketball okay, team. Okay then. Yeah. Yeah. So then she's sent to college, uh, Smith College in Massachusetts. And then after college, Allegra, this is going to just break your heart. She has to go take secretarial courses because she can't get a job. So she graduates from college and then she hit gets to go take a secretary's job somewhere. I know, right? Doesn't that just break your heart? So the skills she learned in college were not good enough. But the typing skills. Yes. That's that's where mm-hmm. women belonged. When was this? Nineteen forty. Okay. Um so that first job she got as a secretary, mm-hmm. she actually got fired for insubordination. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, she felt like she wasn't wrong in a situation in which her boss felt like she was wrong. And so they let her go. I'm just going to assume she was right. I, I, th- I think that's safe. I don't have any of the details. No, I, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> so in uh, 1941, we're getting into World War I, uh, sorry, World War II here. She's going to volunteer for the Red Cross. Nice. And she tries to go for the waves and the wax. The waves is the women accepted for volunteer emergency service, and the wax would be women's army corps. But both rejected her due to her height. Are you kidding? No. She's too tall. She's too tall to serve her country. As a volunteer or in the army corps? Yes. Too tall? Yes. Okay. So in then 1942... Is that still a rule? We don't know. We'll find out. I don't out. think so. Okay. Um, the OSS starts. Now, the OSS... Nobody knows what that is. I'm going to tell you. Okay. It's our pre-CIA. Okay. So we don't have a spy service. This is our first one. Oh. In Washington, D.C., they called this the Oso Social. Why? Because they only recruited from the most elite families, oh. from kids who went to Brown, Yale, Princeton, that kind of thing. Okay. And the idea there was if you recruited rich people, they couldn't be corrupted. Poor people can't be spies, Allegra. Oh, because poor people are, can be bribed. Would do anything for money. Yes. And I feel like the reverse <laughs> is true. Rich people probably can also be corrupted. Have mm-hmm. already proven that they would do anything for money. But okay, so that's the logic at the time. So she's going to apply to work at the OSS. And one of the reasons that this is so interesting to me is this is our first paramilitary agency in the United States that's actively recruiting women. And they're recruiting women to be spies. Are you about to tell me Julia Child was a spy? I wish I could tell you that, but she was too tall to be a spy. She Are stands out. Are you kidding well, me? Well, but this one makes sense. Okay, it's true. Everybody would remember the yes, tall lady. Yes. Got it. Okay. So she can't be a spy. Actually, in her interview notes, good impression, pleasant, alert, capable, very tall. <laughs> That's what it says in her interview packet for the OSS. Her oh. height is really working against her here. Okay. But she is hired. She's going to work directly for the OSS director, Wild Bill Donovan. 
What's it, he was he did he literally go by Wild Bill or did you William. just make that up? No, no, it, his nickname in Washington D.C. is Wild Bill. Okay, so I would not, not make that up. We're not making up Wild <laughs> no, Bill nicknames. I'm not people. giving people nicknames. Okay, good. I I'm going to. Okay, awesome. Um, she was going to work for him as a secretary, which she did. She's very effective in that role. Part of her job was to keep track of all of the different spies and what their names were, what their missions were, their codes, all the communication going in and out of the office. Very, very big job. Mm-hmm. So for a woman to be doing that in 1942, big deal. She also made a recipe oh God. for shark repellent. Like from Batman? I don't, maybe. Yes. Okay, yes. Because we had these. Uh, I just love how we have opposite knowledges that sometimes yes. meet in the middle. <laughs> so we had all these bombs, like floating bombs, to hit the German U boats, but sharks kept sniffing around them because they were curious, and we kept blowing up a bunch of sharks and, like, no Nazis. <laughs> so she makes a shark repellent, helps make a shark repellent. And now we can blow up Nazis. Isn't that great? So we are repelling sharks, sharks. Mm-hmm. with a recipe because she's going to be a cook in a minute. Okay, okay. Um, from 1944 to 1945, she's going to be stationed in India and China. Mm. And this is where she's going to meet her husband, Paul Child. Is he also tall? I believe so, yes. Okay. I don't know very much about Paul Child because I'm not interested in him at all. Not that, they, that he would have to be. But. No, not at all. So they're married in September of 1946. And I love this. Her wedding pictures, she's all bandaged up. What? Why? They got in a really bad car wreck Oh, right before her wedding, but she was still going to go forward with it. My goodness. Yeah. So she's still in these wedding pictures, but wearing her bandages. Ugh. So he gets stationed in France in 1946. Okay. And so, sorry, 1948. And she's going to follow him there. And she talks a lot about this in her memoirs. Their first meal in France. Uh-huh. She's very impressed, but also a little taken aback. It's lunch. They're eating lunch. Okay. And do you know what they served her? Something with butter, I assume. They served wine. At with lunch. lunch. In the 40s? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's France. It's Paris. It's scandalous. Yes. And so she is just taken aback by this meal, but then also how much she enjoys it. Because of the butter? <laughs> because of the butter and the wine. Okay. Wine's going to be a big thing with her. So... He is working a lot. He's still involved in the OSS. And she needs a hobby. She needs something to do. Why can't she work? Well, she could have. But they have scaled back on the OSS because we're not in the war anymore. I see. So she chose not to. Got it. So she is going to attend the Cordon Bleu, which is a pretty famous French culinary school. Okay. You've heard of it? I think so. Okay. And as she starts attending there, it really kind of began as a hobby, mm-hmm. but she really found a love and a passion for it. Okay. So it's going to take her 10 years of cooking and researching, but then she's going to publish Mastering the Art of French Cooking. So she's living in France because of her husband. Yes. And while she's there, she learns French cooking. Yes. And then publishes... Mastering the Art of French Cooking. 10 years. 10 years. So she really spent a lot of time mastering this art. She really did. Okay. And like I said, this is her passion. This is her thing that she becomes very invested in. And then they return to the United States. And they're going to settle down in Cambridge, Massachusetts. When they get back to Cambridge, she's going to start a weekly newspaper column on cooking and kind of giving advice. That was a really common thing in the 60s. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. But in Texas, we had Ask Heloise. And it was like, I want to cook this. What do I need to do? Or... (laughs) 
I need to get this stain out. What do I do? Oh, pre-internet days. Yes. You actually had to wait for somebody to answer you in the newspaper. can just Google it. <laughs> and because that column becomes popular, she's approached by what's going to be PBS, uh, WGBH in Boston, mm-hmm. to do a cooking show. Oh. And we're going to call this The French Chef. Even though she's not French. But she's cooking French food. That's so why I thought she French. was French. Yeah. She's yeah. on The French Chef. The Got French it. Chef. Okay. Yes. So she shows up and... This is not like cooking shows today. It's 30 minutes long. There are no commercial breaks. You don't have time to like pre-prepare food and like you open the oven and it's done. She's literally making everything on air live. Wow. Yeah. So mistakes happen. Yeah. The potato falls out of the pan. You drop the chicken. Just put it back. (laughs) Wash it off. Move on. (laughs) And she has to have this really like easygoing Mm -hmm. personality because things happen. Um, there's one famous episode where she's talking about making a meal for her husband and she ends up burning the whole thing. Oh, really? And she talks about, he likes that. He likes <laughs> a little black char on his food. <laughs> so very fun. And she also is drinking wine while she's making this food. On TV. Now, it wasn't really wine, but she was showing people that you should enjoy wine with your food. That's part of French cooking, pairing okay. of things. Okay. Um, it wasn't actually wine. So for the French chef is going to run for 10 years. She wins a Peabody and an Emmy. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that before we did this research. For a cooking show. For a cooking show. Okay. So this makes her famous. Mm -hmm. She becomes world-renowned. Everyone knows who... And she's also... She stands out, right? She's 6'2". She walks in a room. You know who it is. Also, that voice. Yes. It's very remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. So she starts touring really famous kitchen. She's invited to have meals by a lot of really famous chefs. Mm. And one of the things I admire is every time she would go tour these kitchens, she would always ask, where are the women? Oh. Why aren't you hiring women in your kitchen too? That's interesting. Yeah, because she's making this show for women, right? Mm-hmm. For housewives mostly. Mm-hmm. But then when she gets to the high level kitchens, there's no women. So women can be home, home. what do they call them? Home cooks, but not, but not, professional. not professional. And to Julia Child, there's no difference. Well, yeah. I mean, there literally was no difference, right? Right. She, so as time goes on, she's going to continue various online cooking shows. She eventually co-founds the American Institute of Wine and Food. Mm. I know, right? We need to take a research trip. She's also going to co-found the Julia Child Foundation. Okay. And she gives several honors throughout her life. She has several honorary PhDs. She's the first woman inducted into the Culinary Institute of America's Hall of Fame, which, I'm sorry, how was she not already... <laughs> inducted by 1993 that was 1993 yeah that should have been way earlier the culinary institute of america's how Hall many of Fame. people can be in that if you didn't have julian I, child I, mean, I, I don't know gordon ramsey em, emerald those yeah are the, for sure emerald and that's all i know the guy that used to go bam that's emerald that's right? emerald yeah yeah so 1996 she's going to win a book award she is going to be named smith's college remarkable woman of the year 19 sorry 2003 and she's also going to get the Presidential Medal of Freedom in the 2003. That's pretty cool. Yeah, by George W. Bush. Okay. Which is interesting because she's a lifelong Democrat. <laughs> well, you know, some things like wine and food transcend politics. They do. So after her death in 2004, her whole kitchen, the whole thing, was donated to the Smithsonian National Museum. The whole thing. The kitchen. Her the, whole kitchen they was donated. The room yes. out of the house. Yes. They donated her kitchen. Wow. So if you go to the Smithsonian National Museum, you can go stand in Julia Child's kitchen. 
That's kind of cool, right? They cut the room out of yeah. the house? I'm still on this. I don't know how they did it. I'm amazed. I, maybe it's a replica. I don't know. But her kitchen was donated. I know that. <sighs> okay, Misty, tell me. Do you think, on the whole, okay. that Julia Child was, we can either say, a positive role model or a positive social influence for women? I think she was both. You think she was both was a role both. model and she was also a social influence that was positive for women. Okay. So if we look at her early career, mm-hmm. she has the courage of her convictions. That's true. She did. She's brave. She's mm-hmm. patriotic. She's serving her mm-hmm. country, even though she's rejected time and time again mm-hmm. because of her height. Um, she is technically not a producer in her programs, but she kind of was a producer. Mm-hmm. She told them what she was going to make and how she wanted to do it. Very involved in the planning. Okay. She's one of the first women in America to have her own cooking show. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she told women to advocate for themselves. Really? So if she's making this um, dish and she's all about fresh ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't get those fresh ingredients at your store. She would tell them, go talk to the store manager. Tell him you want fresh ingredients. Tell him that you want to make this and you need this, this, and this. Interesting. So she's telling women, advocate for yourself, Mm -hmm. even if it's just in cooking make your voice heard mm-hmm. and I admire that I think that's really important I do too I, I love I mean I just I love the clip that you chose because not just the courage of your convictions but again you know just do it and you'll learn how to do it mm-hmm. and so and if you mess who, up who cares yeah, so people who are not confident can feel a lot better about what they're doing mm-hmm. I think that's that in and of itself I think is a positive influence so Misty big question yes was Julia Child feminist i would say yes okay but i don't know if she herself would have used that term why not i don't know if it was in her vocabulary to do that okay but she actually pushed men and women mm-hmm. to succeed and um, she brings up a lot of people with her she says that gender shouldn't be a barrier so those are things feminists believe right yes i just don't know if she adopted that term okay in her lifetime and again, Julia Child, I said she was a lifelong Democrat, mm-hmm. but she wasn't overtly political. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to enter the fray on those conversations very often. It's pretty rare that she did. Okay. All right. So next we're going to talk about Martha Stewart, who you are less enthusiastic about. Yes. Okay, so first I'm going to start with a, just a t- clip of what we would say standard Martha Stewart TV show, what she was doing. Okay. Well, today we're updating a family classic. Mom's here, and I decided this weekend, Mom, to make delicious macaroni and cheese oh. your way. And the great thing about macaroni and cheese, and everyone around here calls it mac and cheese. Mac and cheese? Really? And there's so many different <laughs> ways to make it. We have macaroni and cheese 101 from the magazine, which is delicious, rather elaborate. This is a simplified version. And mom- Rather elaborate mac and cheese 101. Okay. So here's some things you probably didn't know about Martha Stewart. I know basically nothing other than that she went to jail. She went to prison. Prison. Sorry. Let me get my terms correct. (laughs) She didn't go to jail. I mean, at some point she was probably in a jail, but she went to prison. She's the first self-made female billionaire. Did you know that? I didn't, and that's important. Okay. She helped emphasize and popularize DIY. 
do it yourself do it yourself yes so instead of buying pre-made everything putting things together i mean the joke about martha stewart rose is she could like glued two popsicle sticks together and cover them in glitter and then she's got a glorious tablescape she's ceo and a chairwoman for an omni media company martha stewart living omni media what is omni media well you know omni like omniscient so she's watching us right now all media right <laughs> publishing uh, martha sees you so, when you sleep probably uh books magazines internet uh broadcast tv merchandise radio programming omni all of the medias she's she, martha stewart is everywhere from kmart to macy's literally interesting so, yeah she was born in 1941 so she was born about the time that julia child was making her way shark repellent yeah making her shark repellent she got married in 1961 she graduated from barnard college in 63 she had a daughter in 65, so she's bam, bam, bam. Allegra, uh, do you know what you're doing? What? You're doing history. No. Yay. All right, let's keep going. <sighs> okay. She became a stockbroker. Did you know that? I didn't know that. She was a stockbroker in 1967. Um, a few years later, she started her own catering business out of her house. Okay. Um, and so then, entrepreneurial? Yeah, and about five years later, she published a book. Uh, called Entertaining. It was a book on, unfortunately, homemaking. But it's called Entertaining. It was very successful. It sold 625,000 copies in 1982. That's the year I was born. Uh, in 1987, this is a bit of scandal for Martha Stewart's life. Her husband left her to go live with her former assistant. Ooh. Yeah. And that divorce got final in 1990. While all of that was happening, she's signing a deal with Kmart to develop stylish but affordable decor and merchandise so martha stewart sheets and pillows and yeah pillow it's cases. funny because when i think martha stewart i don't think affordable yeah and she was very very passionate about it being affordable and that's nice and she so not just for the elites right exactly and so she made it i mean it wasn't they're not the world's fanciest sheets because they had to sell at a certain price point but they looked really nice they were in designer colors uh, her magazine, Martha Stewart Living, started in 1990, still being published now, so that's a long-running magazine. Um, at its height in 2002, I think it was selling like two million episodes. Uh, two million, <laughs> two million ep episodes. <laughs> two million copies per issue. And she started the trend of putting herself on the cover of her own magazine oh, every month. Oh, and I can assume we're going to talk about that later with somebody else yes, as well. Yes, but mm -hmm. other people, including Rachel Ray, who, if we were going to put four people on this episode, yes. Rachel Ray would have to be the fourth. Rachel Ray also does that. So does Oprah. Uh, so she starts her TV show in 1993, and that's the show we just played a clip from. Uh, she's got some of her very iconic phrases. That's a good thing. Uh, and she invents this word, which is tablescape. Landscape on a table? Well, yeah, the way you decorate the whole table. Uh. So the way you arrange the centerpieces and the cups and the glasses and the lighting. So it's a tablescape. Wow. That's a word she came up with. So yeah. it's like an art form for her. Yeah, absolutely. But then she starts going on TV shows. So she's on the, the Ellen show, the sitcom Ellen show. Oh, okay. Uh huh. And Not she, like Ellen today, Ellen. No, no, not the talk show. Yeah, when Ellen has, was had a sitcom. Uh, and she, I mean, she played Martha Stewart. <laughs> uh, she guest starred on a lot of TV shows. She gets parodied on SNL. Yes, um, I've seen those. In fact, Julia Child also yes. famously parodied parodied on SNL and of course Oprah as well. 
Uh, and so this this is a time when she, the 90s is when she's like a household name. She's a big part of our culture. She's somebody that everybody's familiar with. And so when we start making all the jokes about her being kind of. So it's interesting to me that she was kind of famous before she even went on TV. Where mm-hmm. Julia Child, it was sort of the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. Her show made her famous. Yeah. This is like the reverse order. Yeah, and it's great because she, I mean, it literally started this from a catering company in her house. Um, so 1997 is when she formed Omnimedia. Martha Stewart living Omnimedia. I, it sounds very sinister. I know it doesn't mean to, but it does. I know. Dun, uh, dun, dun. So it went public in 1999, and that's when she made uh, it made her an instant billionaire. I bet her husband was not happy about the ex-husband. <laughs> Not happy about that. I loved her to live with the former assistant. I can only imagine she laughs every time she thinks about him. Mm-hmm. So as you know, in 2004, she went to prison. Do you yes. know what she went to prison for? I do. What'd she go to prison for? Insider trading. Insider trading. So um, she, well, actually, I think she went to prison for lying about insider trading. But Oh, okay. She, so they, she's off the board of her company. Mm-hmm. Uh, her show goes into indefinite hiatus. Uh, her company's stock goes up while she's in prison while she's in prison interesting and while she's in prison her tv show is nominated for several emmys did they broadcast it live from the prison no but the show that had already previously aired so she's no longer doing her share her show but the episodes that had previously aired were nominated for emmys while she's in prison so her personal stock right the metaphorical personal stock is not tanking the way that you might expect it to so my mom is not a super creative person. Okay. But in 2004, she had to go to a Halloween party at her job mm-hmm. and she went as prison Martha Stewart <laughs> and she got um, some handcuffs and put like decorative flowers on them and some glitter. <laughs> you know, um, uh, Martha Stewart did crafts in prison. Really? She did ceramics. Oh, okay. And she, uh, and she was in charge, I believe, of waxing the floor, which. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So, um, anyway, so she starts her daytime TV show not long after she gets out of prison. And, in fact, on the very first episode of her TV show, which was just called Martha, mm-hmm. and it came on during the day, kind of like Oprah did. And uh, Julia Child. The first episode, she um, showed off her ankle because she was no longer on house arrest. You know, it's interesting that she goes on television for a daily show the year that Julia Child died. That is interesting. So it's almost like there's this vacuum that needs to be filled. And, and Martha steps up. Yes. Okay. With her ankle bracelet. Yeah. And she says, I'm unfettered. And she shows everyone her ankle that has no ankle monitor on it. Uh, and that shows on for over a thousand episodes, seven seasons. I did so, not know it was that long. Yeah. I mean, it was daily. So seven seasons is a thousand episodes. Wow. She isn't, you know, she, she has new books all the time. In 2005, she released a new book that was about starting and managing your own business. So it wasn't about cooking. It wasn't about homemaking. It was about running a business as a CEO and executive. Uh, And so then she has deals with Macy's. Uh, She has a TV deal with Hallmark in 2010. So she starts to become a personality and she starts also to become a celebrity in all Would you not say that she was a celebrity before that? Yes, but she becomes like she starts acting so she appears on TV shows not as Martha Stewart but as a character. So she acts I, on some iteration of Law and Order, either oh, SV, okay, either cool. regular or SV. I think it's SVU. 
and she is on the roast of Justin Bieber. <laughs> Which I know what you're thinking. Like, what is... Oh, man. What is happening with that? But I'm going to play you a clip. And honestly, this is like the only clip from the roast that can be played okay. by us. Because Martha Stewart makes dirty jokes. <laughs> all right. Here's a clip. tonight it's because Martha Stewart changes people's lives for the better like Shaq for instance when Shaq bought his house Shaq are you listening <laughs> I was the first person he called the house had 13 bedrooms and I helped convert eight of them into refrigerators <laughs> I believe you know it's funny because I don't think of uh, Martha Stewart as being like funny she is funny but that was funny yeah I mean, she, she's mostly very, I mean, she's mostly very Martha Stewart, the way we heard her in the first clip, like, we're going to make mac and cheese, and it's very elaborate. But she is funny. Uh, and then in 2016, she starts a TV show with Snoop Dogg. I think I knew that. And, and it's very weird. But it's also been nominated for Emmys. That's very strange. <laughs> What's great is... Um, I just wouldn't put those two together. That's they seem very different. That's why they're great together. Yeah, I that's guess why, so. That's why it's, the juxtaposition is hilarious. Um, because she's very... I don't want to say she's uptight. Because you just heard her making a joke about right. Shaq needing 20 refrigerators in his house. But she's relatively straight-laced person, right? She's wearing... She looks like she's from Connecticut, and I think she lives there. And then, you know, Snoop Dogg has a different... She does look like she's from Connecticut. I don't know what that means, but no, I know that right. it's true. Um, and uh, he just... He's a very chill California-looking dude. So the juxtaposition of them is to get together is funny. Um, they have lots of great moments. Uh, with I mean, Seth Rogen comes on their show sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a good show. So this was your person that you did a lot of research on. I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Is Martha Stewart a positive role model or a positive or negative social influencer for women? This is a more complicated answer. Yes. Because she did go to prison. Yes. Julia Child did not go to prison. She did not. She went to war. So I will say this. She came from working class parents mm -hmm. and she built an empire. It's admirable. Around her strengths and passions. So she didn't do this to make money. She did this because these are things that she was good at and cared about. I mean, her parents taught her to cook and sew and garden by necessity, mostly. And so these were things that she was interested in. She made lots of smart decisions. I mean, mostly. Obviously, she made some <laughs> bad decisions. But even she got arrested and she rebounded from defeat. That's true because it sounds like her career is almost, if not maybe even more strong than it was before she went to prison. I would say. And it gave her some street cred. I'm just kidding. Uh, so she's made progress with the times. Um, so she talks about things being affordable. She talks about, you know, being more inclusive. And she's been honest about a lot of things. Um, most famously, she made women's work into work work. Um, and so... And what do you mean by that? Work work? That's her job. It's her profession. It's her career. And there are lots of other women who have done that. I mean, right. Mm -hmm. People who, I mean, who are professional YouTube video makers who told you show you how to make things um, so now is crafting and tablescaping what modern women should be doing with their time that's the criticism 
against Martha Stewart being called progressive or positive role model. Um, shouldn't Martha Stewart spend her time influencing women to do things other than tablescaping? Well, what do you always say, Missy? It's about choice. It's about choice. Mm -hmm. So if a woman wants to be crafty, wants to be DIY, wants to cook a turkey, wants to make complicated macaroni and cheese, then Martha is going to give her advice on how to do it and how to do it well. Well, and I think that that's not all Martha was doing, right? She was tablescaping, but she was also building an empire. Yeah. So to say that she was only doing mm -hmm. that kind of devalues what she was doing. And there are loads of women who want advice on how to do those things, either because they are people who do that every day or because they're people like me or you who never do it. And then we might have a special occasion and we have no idea what we're doing. Exactly. And we need, you know, so she's going to show us not just how to do it, but how to do it start to finish all ourselves. She also did a lot of recycling. She also talked a lot about like composting. She made things accessible to different income levels. See, and I didn't know that before you did this. So I think that's super interesting that she's aware of class issues. Mm -hmm. I think that's because when I think of Martha Stewart and having the time to tablescape, <laughs> I mean, that is kind of a limited group of people, right? Yeah. But when is. you're talking about her having an affordable line of sheets and towels and all that, it means she's aware of those issues and she's not ignoring them. Right. And she is not going to let people make fun of them. So I want to play you a clip mm -hmm. from David Letterman. And David Letterman tries to make fun of her having kids at Kmart. Hi. Nice to see you. How are you? Fine. Welcome to the show. Martha, Martha, uh, you know, we see we see a lot of you uh, on television these days with these uh, Kmart commercials. You have an affiliation with Kmart. I do. Now, I think a lot of people would think that that's an odd kind of combination. Do you, does it strike you as being odd? Not at all. Really? I'm enjoying it tremendously. And what's the purpose of it? Well, the purpose is that everybody who shops at Kmart, and there's about 77 million people a month shopping there. Is that right? 77 million a month? Yes, and uh, they want beautiful things. And I'm trying to get really gorgeous things into the store. Well, what are they doing in Kmart? If they're... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I... What's what? You mean I the, have the nothing against Kmart the beautiful things? But the if, that's, if, they are, if they, in fact, are looking for beautiful things, then let's face it, who isn't? You know, that's what would, I say. But now you're... So it will be the place to go for beautiful things. It certainly is the place. Okay. Really? <laughs> Have you ever been in a Kmart? Have you seen my sheets? So he's trying to make a joke here, right? Like, why would you be looking for beautiful things in a Kmart? And she's like, everybody's looking for beautiful things, right? So yeah, she's aware of it. She responds to it. And uh, she tries to be inclusive. So is she a feminist? Also a troubling answer. So somebody asked her that question. And uh, she her response was and this is a direct quote do we really need to waste time saying i'm a feminist that's very third wave yeah and then she said i never thought about glass ceilings i never thought about glass floors which why would you think about glass floors that's just, i was thinking about how many pies i can come up with for my pie and tarts book those are all original ideas so i feel like that's a feminist answer right like I'm thinking of new ideas. I'm not just writing a cookbook, but these are all original ideas that I'm coming up with and creating. And well, so it's dodging the question is, is what it is. Yeah, it is. Because, because there's that PR issue that we've talked about before. 
So the word you, can alienate yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, if you openly say I'm a feminist, you're going to lose half your audience. And mm-hmm. let's be clear, more than a feminist, she's a capitalist. That's true. And so that's like a post-feminist idea. You yes. were talking about that before. She's mm-hmm. a CEO. She's a mogul. She's a personality. She's a celebrity. She has built an empire. She's focused on her work. Um, and she's sort of implying in that quote that it's an offensive question because you wouldn't be asking her anything about it. It wouldn't be remarkable if she were a man who built this empire. Yes. And the thing I like most about her is that she gives us permission to be interested in domestic concerns. So it's right. totally okay to want to learn how to make things out of glitter and I don't snow globes. <laughs> but it's also okay to be a CEO exactly. and run a billion dollar corporation. Exactly. And to follow your passions into wherever they lead you. One domestic thing shouldn't be dismissed because they're domestic. Mm-hmm. There's value in women's mm-hmm. work. Yeah, I Absolutely. agree with you on that. Absolutely. So that brings us to our last one. The ultimate queen of daytime. Okay, and again, I am out of my depth here. So we're going to talk about Oprah. We're going to not talk about the history of Oprah, mostly because it's very well known and we would We'd be here be all day. Fast forwarding through it. But we'll just say she's the queen of all media in terms of a lot of things. Um, she revolutionized the talk show. Mm-hmm. So Phil Donahue had a talk show. Oprah had a talk show. We're talking about early Oprah. So this is before her show was more about giving away free When things. you're saying early Oprah, like 1990s? 80s. 1980s. Okay, all the way back. Yeah. Um, so her show later became more about celebrities and more about self-help and spirituality. But in the early days, it was a talk show. Like fa- families came on and, oh, you had a missing sister, you know, or whatever, okay. things like that. And so it was a confessional situation it's also really her show and Geraldo and uh phil donahue shows were the only time you ever saw uh gay and lesbian people or even trans people on tv interesting sometimes it was as a spectacle which is problematic but it's also the only time that you know people in every part of america were exposed to um people who are different than themselves. So just the representation of. Representation, yes. Um, she's the first North American black multi-billionaire. That's a very specific <laughs> way to say that. Okay, got it. Um, she's one of the world's greatest philanthropists. She has two charities and she gives to lots of others. Uh, successful, obviously influential. She started as a news reporter and a talk show host. Now she owns TV channels. I didn't know she was a news reporter. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has O Magazine, which she's always on the cover of. I knew uh, that. She's fam- She has her own line of food. Didn't know which that. Which our colleague was telling us about earlier. Uh, and then she, she was famous uh, for having a Favorite Things episode every, I think, November, which is things that she was recommending that you buy for other people as Christmas gifts. So also a good capitalist. Famous, yeah. And of course, these were all sponsorships, but things that she professed that she really did love. Uh, and she it was often funny because a lot of the, her favorite things were astronomically expensive, but a lot of them were were affordable as well. And then, of course, you know about her book club. I do. And you know what? Anybody who encourages people to read, I'm yeah, supportive. And she, she chose really meaningful books she didn't just i mean she was not choosing the murder thriller suspense books which is fine to read i read all i read all of those as well but she was choosing literary books right she was choosing well and by a pretty diverse array of authors right more diverse array of authors than any uh english 
professor I was taking at the time. And so she created something called the Oprah effect, which is basically if Oprah says it on TV, then it's going to sell out. So slapping that Oprah sticker is going to guarantee <laughs> you a New York Times bestseller? Yeah, and some and there are there's at least one author who I know of who didn't want to be on Oprah's oh, really? book club. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that they were asked, honestly. Uh, I, I, I don't know how exactly how it worked, but I know that he did not want to be on Oprah's book club. But he was anyway. I think he ended up being, yes. Oh, interesting. So I'm going to play you the most famous Oprah clip there is. Okay, I think I know what's coming. Okay, everybody, listen up. Here is the deal. If your box has a key, you will be the last person today to get one of those cute little G6s. Okay? Who will it be? Are you ready? Hold on. Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. So she gave everybody a car. I got that. You got a car? No, I'm just no. saying I got the, the yeah, meaning of it. Everybody gets a car. But it was a nice <laughs> moment. Yes. Uh, and she, you know, when she had the favorite things episode, everybody in the audience got a bunch of those favorite things. And so she started to pack the audience. So like one year it was all teachers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, she does, she, she, she tried to do her best at balancing uh, being good with, with blatant capitalism. With blatant capitalism. Absolutely. And so she's still on TV. She's still a media mobile. Well, she has her own channel, right? She does. Uh, all Oprah all the time. It's not all Oprah all the time. <laughs> I think she's only got one show that's currently airing, which is Where Are They Now? And she just interviews people who used she, who were at one time on the Oprah show to see what they're doing now. So overall, is Oprah a positive role model? Good for the... So overall, yes, absolutely. Okay. Positive role model. She is all about um, learning from mistakes, overcoming adversity, uh, advocating for yourself, being strong. She uh, raises up women. She supports women. Uh, she's famous for having a best female friend, and so she celebrates female friendships. I hear a butt coming. It's like a 10% butt. Okay. It's like a very small butt. But. But she contributes to diet culture, which is sort of antibody positive. So she talks about her own weight, which is positive. She is honest about her own weight. And she is in the 80s was like the only non-traditionally body type person on TV, which was all positive. But then she talks all the time about being on a diet. And wanting to be skinny and equating eating with badness. And it's so it's it gets it's not a clear line of good. Well, I'm sure she was under a lot of pressure to have a certain body type when mm -hmm. you're the only one on TV mm -hmm. who isn't. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why she would have been talking about that mm -hmm. quite a bit. And she's responsible for some problematic people on TV. Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. So she has many times embraced pseudoscience, and that's all that Dr. Oz is, is selling. 
when he was on her show, a lot of times it was just he had a great personality and he was a doctor. And so he would tell people, you know, he had the thing I can remember is he would tell people like what their bowel movements were supposed to look like. And that was I didn't know that's where we were going to go with this. <laughs> well, so that's a key indicator of health. And so she wanted people to have information about their own health, but there were a lot of pseudoscience, you know, magic berries and all that kind of stuff. The magic berries. I swear to God, there are magic berries, you know, superfoods and all that stuff. That See, Dr. I didn't Oz know that Dr. Oz came from Oprah. Dr. I had no Oz idea. Dr. Oz came from Oprah. And so did Dr. Phil. And again, when he was on her show, he was just kind of giving folksy advice, common sense wisdoms. Um, I also didn't know he was a real doctor. You told me that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, UNT. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's okay. He's a little sensational. That's where the Cash Me Outside girl came from. <laughs> so is Oprah a feminist? I'm going to play you another clip, and this is a very famous clip, of course, and this is the clip of uh, Oprah at the Golden Globes. In 1982, Sydney received the Cecil B. DeMille Award right here at the Golden Globes, and it is not lost on me that at this moment, there are some little girls watching as I become the first black woman to be given the same award. It is an honor. So talking about representation and acknowledging the impact that she has. And there's another part of her speech from the very end. Have you heard the speech? I haven't, but I'm going to go listen to the whole thing later. Yeah. I can throw at you, but the one quality all of them seem to share is an ability to maintain hope for a brighter morning, even during our darkest nights. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the horizon. And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody ever has to say, me too, again. So that was, uh, you know, at the Golden Globes when they, when me too times up was happening and well it's still happening but they uh when it first kind of came out yeah and they all dressed in black as a representation so she she gave that message to all the girls watching so i think she is a feminist i couldn't find a record of somebody asking her and her giving a direct answer to that question but um if you just google oprah feminism all you get is is that video the golden globe speech as like the first 200 results so so what has been interesting to me about these three women mm -hmm. is that they're doing, they're performing essentially in public, mm -hmm. these domestic roles and activities, which we kind of devalue. We do. But yet they're famous mm -hmm. for these things. They reach the pinnacle of their careers 
from these things that we think of as only tablescaping or only cooking or only you know gossiping or only yeah yeah so it's really interesting to me that while we can devalue it we can also elevate it in society Mm -hmm. and it's also interesting to me that these three women are very aware of the fact that they are women yes and they're telling other women advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like I need fresh parsley. Yeah, from yeah, I need fresh parsley to I need a safe place to live and work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, lots to admire here. Absolutely. So, so have I turned your have I changed your mind about Martha Stewart? You know, I, I think you have because I think mostly I was just ignorant of a lot <laughs> of her life. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes she just looks kind of stern. She does. I feel like she would judge my tablescaping. She would not. She and that's would, good to know. She, in my opinion, she would find something about it to compliment. Oh, she would do the compliment sandwich. She, I think she would only give you advice if you asked for it. Okay. So I don't think she would come into your house and Start run her judging. finger across the hearth <laughs> and be like, "No, it's dusty." So Allegra, what's next in your lady life? I think I'm gonna try to cook something. Oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And I, I feel, I'm, I'm not being cheesy. I feel like if I fail, it's still okay. Yeah, Julia Child has inspired you to have courage. Yeah, and I don't know that it's going to be elaborate. <laughs> and I don't know that it's going to be French. But that yeah, you start where you start. Yeah, absolutely. What's next in your lady life, Missy? Uh, apparently, I need to go watch this whole speech that Oprah gave because I missed it. It's a great speech. I need to watch more TV, I think. No one would disagree with you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Profess Hers, our podcast about seeing movies, culture, and history through our lady eyes. I'm Misty, and I'm sort of okay at cooking. I'm Allegra, and I'm Googling recipes right now. We'd love to hear from you what you thought about today's episode, what you'd like to discuss in future episodes, or how great you think we are. To connect with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Profess Hers. That's at P-R-O-F-E-S-S-H-E-R-S. Or by email at the same address, professors at gmail.com. We hope you recommend our podcast to a friend. Check out other podcasts from TC Connect faculty. Our podcast is written by Missy and me and engineered and produced by Austin Haynes and Scott January. And remember, a woman's place is in the House and the Senate. <laughs>